You can prepare for everything that you can control, but that's not very much. My goal was just to hunt as hard as I could, as long as I could, at all costs. Better ask it, man. <laughs> Speak for yourself. 28 and sunny, we're almost definitely going to have hikers on the trail, boys. I'm getting across that damn river, and I'm getting after those goats. Let's go. We're hunting. We're going after something. Absolutely. Episode 20 right now. That's crazy, man. It's pretty good. I'm excited. Um, Nick was going to come, but obviously, you know, he bailed. Um, <laughs> I don't know why I just thought of this, but you were texting. And um, Tyler, yep. my, my buddy here in town, yeah, yeah. I was talking to him yesterday. Um, and he was, he was loading up his shit and flying out of town to go and help his mate pack out an elk. Nice. Yeah, and I was just stoked, and I offered to help because like that's I felt like that's what I should do. He immediately shut me down. I knew why, <laughs> but uh, I tried to express to him that I wouldn't be, I wouldn't go back there. But I don't know. It's a hard position in something like that because it wasn't his bull. That was his thing. He goes, "If this was my bull, hundred yeah. percent, I, because I packed all night." Yeah. He's like, "Yeah, hundred percent, you you'd come with me," but um. Apparently, the guy whose bullet was, he would like have a heart attack if some dude he didn't know showed up. Yeah. I think, too, it's uh, I get tentative on that fact. If if I know for some reason someone shows me a spot, once you start having people showing you spots and you kind of in your back of your head, you're like, well, I don't want to go in there because that person showed me. Yeah. For most people that are hunting in these areas, they're probably spots you've already wanted to go check out or you wanted to hunt very very close to it yeah so once you have three or four times where people are you're in someone's spot and you're like well what do i do like i'm not i don't want to hunt right where this guy took me i've wanted to hunt the mountain next door all for the last five years do i message the guy and tell him like that was kind of honestly what happened with me and taylor on the bow hunt is that hillside we were hunting i know a lot of people that want to hunt it for a long time yeah you guys just happened to go up Pretty close to it um, <clears throat> a couple of years ago. So it was kind of like, obviously, the guy you went that showed you the spot, he's really easygoing, good guy, and yeah. I know him as well. Um, but, yeah, it, it can put you in a pretty funny spot. You start talking about Region 8 elk, there's only so many spots that you're going to hunt elk. So Oh, I, um, I'm not going to come back to this, but I, talk, I Region 9 somebody the other day, and they didn't even bat an eyelid. Like, where are you going? I said Region 9. They just said, oh, good. I thought you were going Region 3. Nice. I laughed and I laughed. But yeah, no, you're exactly right. Um, the spot thing is, like, brutal. It's a weird, unhealthy vibe that hangs over the whole thing. For sure. And it's like, I don't know. Like, how do you get rid Is it like, I kind of feel, is it like cutting weight in the UFC? Like, I cut weight because you cut weight? Yeah. But if none of us, it's just so weird. Yeah, no, that's actually a good analogy. Because, I mean, at the same time, you start you start talking to guys and become you can become pretty close friends with someone pretty quickly. Yeah. And say you haven't hunted with them. Like, there's um, a song with Grizz, and we were trying to organize, like, hopefully we can get out October because he's really wanting to get out. I was really wanting to get out. And we're like, oh, sure, we've never hunted together. Let's, like, if we can plan something and make something work with both our schedules, like, we're both completely down. Then personally like i'm not too hush hush about stuff especially with someone like 
I know if I told him, he's not going to go take 25 people in there. Right. Um, but for two people that haven't hunted together, we're kind of like in the position of, so, yeah, we are well, and obviously, yeah, he's, he's just like, well, you can come, we can go to one of my spots first, like kind of breaking the ice. It's like, man, I, I don't care. Like That's so weird. most places I go, people know about, it's just maybe I'll hike a little bit further in or maybe I won't, but, yeah. um, there's that's really no it's even, secrets. It's that's what I've started to work out. It's not the secret spots, but it's like how you do it. It's like how you learn to like how you learn that spot and how you like. There's a bunch of spots you're probably thinking top of your head, same as I am. Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't give a shit. You go hike. You can go hunt that spot, but I know how to hunt it, so I know you're probably going to miss what you need to see. Yeah, and I think unfortunately most people um, probably probably turn around pretty quick or before we would i think yeah or like you said just hunt it a little bit different they don't know the no or just have as much experience and seen at game yeah. in certain areas but i do understand the thought of n- not drawing unneeded attention to places because there's nothing more like it is it can be quite frustrating when you go into a spot especially if you've invested some time in there and have that kind of game plan and you you feel like you know how to hunt it pretty well and to no fault of other people they're they're going in there hunting there in the backcountry it's great but it's pretty easy to kind of have your plans thrown out the door pretty quick if even it doesn't even have to be a hunter even if a hiker comes through all of a sudden you got to change your change your plan sometimes right so uh it's just part of the game but there is something to be said, like, I get, like, yeah, you're not going to post a skyline photo on the internet of some of these more popular places. Now, if I post a, a photo of a mountainside and someone picks it up. They've probably been there. That's what I always say. Yeah. They've, they, If they recognize it, they've been there. And so they've either g- given up on it or they already knew the same thing I know. So I'm not <laughs> as concerned about that with, like, when I used to fish all the time, someone could post a photo of a fish with just literally the the ground and water, no background at all, and I give you give myself a ninety five percent chance if it was in the Lower Mainland, I'd tell you which river it is, and maybe even the area of the river, because really? you just it's just something not, weird. You, you just it. recognize it. Like if a photo gets posted of yeah. the place you're thinking of, or some of the other spots we've been, you can tell within thirty Pretty seconds. Quick. Yeah, um, with not much with not much of a view. So it's kind of it's it's. Uh, yeah, just one of those things. It is funny. I get why some people are the way they are. I'm kind of always been a little bit more loose on it. If I'm talking spots with people, they're probably people that... Probably good people anyway. Yeah, and to be honest, like there's guys that I'd really like to see shoot a deer, so I'd probably point them in a direction that at least I know I've seen deer yeah. in. Um, I know if I'm sitting on a hill October 1st and I see some guys walk right through the base and glassing, it's going to be extremely frustrating. But uh, you can't blame them. Maybe they know something I don't, right? So, yeah. It's not healthy. It's not. No. I wish it was different. I like the idea of meeting a different hunting group out there and sitting on the same hill and glassing and being like, hey, there's this buck here. I'm going to go after it or say like, oh, you know, it's not what I'm looking for. Maybe. And if the person wants to go after it, be like, go shoot it, man. That would make me just as happy as if I shot it. Yeah. So, or vice versa, you know, like kind of 
if you're both there, you might as well work together instead of against each other. Like, do you think, I, that, I, would, do you think that would happen though? Very would, rarely. Yeah. I think it could, and that's my like hope. But <laughs> I, it just, it actually deters me quite a bit. Uh, I have this thing in the back of my head that always worries me of like running, having that same sort of scenario happen, but then it turning into this like this race, like yeah. a place I want to hunt sheep. It's, it's definitely been a big thought in the back of my head and like kind of stopped me probably from going up there as much as I wanted to. The fact that like it's very popular, any any over-the-counter sheep hunt in BC is going to be quite popular. And then the whole idea of like, oh, there's a legal ram and now I got to race somebody to it. Like, yeah, that is that not that is not part of like what, in the the realm of like a hunt to me. Like I don't want that as part of it yeah. i get that sometimes you have to um but it just kind of turns me off a little bit so yeah that wouldn't be cool eric uh we have to get eric on to talk about his hunting stories from september but he was uh he was like a ridge separated from some dudes shooting at some deer oh really like, not even like a ridge i mean like they were both on the ridge yeah um like they were just out of eyesight of shooting at some other deer which is nuts Hey, that's a good story he'll crazy to, yeah no i know i was talking with sean who was with him on yeah. that and sean was all excited about getting together and hopefully we hopefully we uh do next week but yeah, yeah i really wanted to hear the the stories there's nothing better about like when i saw the photos and or sean saying that they got him down because i didn't even fully know if those two were going up together yeah. and then yeah a, like a few days after they're back i'm talking to sean he's like yeah we got a buck down and i was like man i was just like so jacked up for him it's yeah. awesome oh yeah and he's stoked um i've seen the buck it was here. It was pretty sweet. Yeah, yeah. I would, cool. I would have gotten after it. Cool spot too. Like, um, looks like gorgeous area. I'll bring you something. It's not, not like I bring you something, but like you haven't seen this yet. But this is uh, a. Hey, that's the goat that I shot in September. This is awesome. I was I gonna up. say that I wanted. I was like, I wish I could see it. Yeah. But I guess you got this for a while until the tanning's done. Yeah. So Laxton's got the hide. Um, I think I talked about that in the other podcast. But yeah, the the fur. It slipped in a section but he reckons he sorted it out and so now we're doing doing a full mount so that's uh yeah so he cleaned up the skull and sent it back to me to hold on to while he Man, goes to town that is awesome would that you, is would you shot that one? Oh, yeah guaranteed i i think uh goats are obviously a tricky one like you know we went They're on that possible we went on that goat hunt that was both both of our first goat hunt and yeah. we both learned a ton from it um, there seems to be in it, it's, it makes sense. I understand why it's there, but there is a big kind of like score based age in the age based 100% makes sense. But I just feel like there's this kind of like, would you shoot? Would you pass like negativity? Yeah. I guess is the best way I could say. Yeah. Um, as soon as you told me that you shot one, I knew that it was going to be a good like a good mature i billy. told you that i was gonna try and well i knew just yeah. where you were mind frame wise right and like learn from the last hunt that we yeah. went on and just like obviously there's there was goats in the area and you had time to pick so i was like i know if you shot one first on the opener it was going to be a good one and then you send me photos and and your rough age guess and i was like man that's awesome like i'm pretty happy with it it's a cool goat that's that's awesome so, it, like uh, that's just an old like mature goat that's lived in an area probably hasn't seen any people and uh yeah that's what i was talking to someone about like that's it could cool be man quite possible i i 
the score thing sort of like interests me, but doesn't interest me. I've, I've measured it and I would, I'll get it like a properly measured. I've measured it at 47, which is like the minimum for it to be like recognized as Boone and Crockett. And if I, there's a good chance I've screwed it up in one way or another, and that's totally fine. But the, I find it so interesting, like the difference between like to get, to gain an inch on a goat. Oh man. It's like these, these rings insane. are so stacked up. Like, yeah. After your third or fourth year, you can barely even count if there's a, an age. So what did you, what do you, what do you count that at? So the first big gap is two to three. And, um, two to three. Yeah. That big one inch gap is two to three. I would more. say six. Yeah. At first, I was I was getting seven. Yeah, uh, I, I could see came. on the right hand side how you could maybe get one more, but that's just I think that's just the extra growth after the sixth yeah. winter. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a cool goat. I should it, post some more. It's really up. awesome. And and back to what kind of what I was going off of is the um, goats seem to be. I feel like it's almost like blackberries in BC goats as far as. I get the scoring because it is a good reference point and the age, like for me, I would be more about age than anything, I think. Um, but there's areas in BC that a three-year-old goat will be nine Mm. inches. Yeah. They're freaking huge. They, and, and as you, just as you were saying, their first two years, they've grown eight of those inches. Yeah. So you're kind of, it's very, in an area you've never been in, like you have a general idea of kind of what the goats are like, but yeah, it's I. It's very difficult to choose. I, I think you're going more off of body characteristics at Pretty that well. point. Pretty right? well. Like and I, that, that's basically what I sh- truly. That's what I shot. I shot on person, not the personality, but yeah, the, the way it was acting. Not even acting. It was. It was just sitting on top of yeah. the biggest mountain. It owned alone. that place. It man. owned the place. It yeah. was the king. That's cool. And the, it was the the posture and that made me want to shoot. So like when we in the morning I shot and I we snuck back in. There was a second goat. Garrett handed me the spotter to see which one was bigger. And I just looked for like a second. I'm like, yeah. that one's sitting up higher. That one's yeah. just the way that one's looking down the other one. I'm still yeah. shooting the bigger, the, the top one. I don't care about the. Oh man, um, that's so awesome. Yeah, I can't wait to see the thing mounted. And you're still going to do a full oh, 100%. Oh man, that's going to be so cool. Um, and we had mixed reviews. Some people are saying I should go, um, goat going up cliffs. Yeah, like front legs higher than back and then, legs, and that would be like to show it's like body size, show right. it's like shoulder hump, show it that way. But then I'm hearing other people say it's got to be coming down because you get the black horn contrast right. against the white fur. So I'm kind of torn, but I got some time to decide. I don't think you can make a bad choice. No, like, I don't think so. If you, I would just. It was hard for me with the sheep because like, yeah, I you I I was getting worried about like picking the wrong one, but. I basically looked online and saw mounts, as many mounts as I could, and be like, I like the way that one looks. Because you went with just like a straight head up posture, slight turn, right? Yeah, I did it pretty straight on with a little bit of a left hand look because I was looking a little bit as to at the point in the basement suite I was in, like as to wh- how it would fit there. Right. Now that I have, well, and who knows more room. down the road, but now that there's more room, like I could have done other things. Um, <laughs> like a, a full body mount is going to take up 
the full body. It doesn't matter really on positioning, right? Like it doesn't no, need to be huge. looking left or right. It's going to be like it's there, yeah. which is awesome. <laughs> like it's so sweet. You need like some big vaulted or like. What would the missus think of that if you came out with a full mount? Oh, she'd learn to like it. She'd learn to find somewhere else yeah. to live. <laughs> she likes the sheep more than she thought, right? I think there's a big, um, when I was first getting into hunting, like I kind of, I never didn't like them. I, I always thought they were cool, but yeah. I never necessarily thought I'd have taxidermy. Yeah. And I, I that's a, a massive, for people that aren't hunters, and even people that are, there's like a very big like line drawn of like even the consideration of having it. Yeah. But then most of the people, like when if I should just tell someone like, oh yeah, like the sheep I shot last year, I got it mounted, it's on my wall. They'd be like very thrown back by that. But then if they actually come over, they're like, oh, like people are very interested in it and yeah, they, they, they just totally understand it more. Some of them think it's a little creepy, which I can still understand, but at the same time, they're still very interested in it. And it looks like it looks really good as far oh, as like interior a- decorating goes. Uh, <laughs> I used to work on houses, so I know a little bit about it, but like, it's kind of an in thing. Like people are putting antlers around their house. People yeah. are doing, it's a farmhouse style kind of cool thing. And yeah, I, I don't see myself having a room. Yeah. But some animals that are like special, I know you're going to have a room. Like I'm getting a house. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but uh, some of those, and what that's going to be the, the tough part is like, like, how do you say something's not, I know down the road as I, as I hopefully am more successful, like everyone's going to be, oh, well, this one's like, this was a really good hunt with good people. Like I'm going to get this mounted and then you're going to end up with the, with the house full. I look at them like tattoos. Um, like I've, I'm self-confessed I've got bad tattoos. But I'm totally okay with having bad tattoos because at the time, like people think about tattoos like I, 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 they can't commit to something like that. Yeah. But I just look at it like at the time I liked it and I wanted it and yeah. I'm going to own that decision and I just look at it back as a memory. And same with the taxidermy. Like I obviously liked that hunt with Devin so much that I got that squirrel mounted. Yeah. And... I'm, I just kind of look at it like that. I'm yeah. riding by the edge. I see seat. that. But you've got um, you got that bison hanging up in your house. Yeah, and that's that's got to look cool. Well, I was gonna mention that too because so with the bison skull, um, I just did a euro mount on it. One was I was trying to be cost, cost. Uh, yeah. What's savvy? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. You don't I, spend the money. I on. have the word in my head, but I'm just blanking. But yeah, and and that sh- I don't think that should be a factor. Unfortunately, I understand obviously, but um, so and uh, Dylan, another guy on the hunt, was really interested in having a rug. Which looking back at that too, that would have been like I I definitely would love to have a rug. Um, once again, back of the old basement suite, there's no way I was going to fit a bison rug, no. a, a bull bison rug into that basement <laughs> suite. Now, uh, uh, my parents' basement has a pool table and like it would have been the coolest thing to have that under. But I'm also being like, man, I really wish I had the just the shoulder mount because there's space up. for it though. Those are, those bison shoulder mounts are friggin' massive, yeah. like four foot from the wall. Yeah, for sure. I just have found that uh, I have the the euro mount, and the big reason why I wanted to get it as a euro mount uh, from the start was that it ended up. I thought it was down, 
kind of short story or uh, story quick. I it was thought it was down, was approaching it, and it got up and turned on me pretty quick. So I had to shoot it, um, and it just square between should, the eyes. Yeah, I basically yeah. put the crosshairs in between the eyes and <laughs> just it dropped again. Um, that was about about. I think eight yards we measured. It might have been a little further, but it was It was under. too close. I saw like some far off footage that Sean filmed. Yeah, it was so. scary. And it, it just, I thought it would be, once again, those people that come over and like, why is there a skull hanging on you? And then it's a story starter. And then it's literally evidence right there. There's a hole yeah. almost dead center between the eyes. Um, I have a video of it. I can show them. It's just, I thought that would be good. And it, it, it totally is. And cool. I'm happy that yeah. I did the Euro mount. But you do think like, once you skin it out and you don't mount it, there's no going back. No. Nope. So if you even think the smallest chance that you'd want that thing done up, uh, even if you don't have the money at the time, put yeah, the, you can freeze them. get it tanned for a few hundred bucks, yeah. uh, your hide's ready to go and good, and then you can do it down the road. They literally, all they need is the skull plate for the mount. So, mm-hmm. um, and I'm the right hide. There with you. I skin everything as if I'm going to mount it and then change my mind like right at the end. Yeah, and, and, and there is, in BC, you can uh, legally sell hides. So yeah. if that was something you're interested in as well, or or you even knew a buddy that, especially if you were lucky enough to get a sheep down, like, I would never cape out, not cape out a sheep, where, yeah. regardless of my plans with it. Like, someone will, someone want, someone will love you for that cape. So yeah. I uh, did that with that whitetail upstairs. I yeah, did mount it, and then yeah, ended up getting on the hunting forum, actually. And just put out an ad and been like, hey, uh, I shot a nice whitetail, didn't cape it in the moment, kicking myself now. And then just an old timer came forward, really cool dude, and gave me a whitetail cape. Yeah, that's awesome. It's cool so, stuff. So now, yeah, exactly as you just said. Now I'm like, I've learned that lesson. I'm holding on to it. It's cool stuff. Yeah. We're going to get more of it. For sure. Tons more. <laughs> this is unreal though. I can't wait to see this goat mount. This thing yeah. is. Um, yeah. Yeah, I know you put that pole online seeing shooter pass. oh yeah i wonder about that yeah because i put the poll and i got i think it was like i don't have to double check but i think came in around like 20 percent were telling me not to shoot the thing yeah and I which wondered... i think i i i mean it, i would everyone has their own some people are looking for i know those those uh kind of terrace area goats or would be go 10 inch those <coughs> 10 inches 11 inches right so yeah. maybe that's what some of the people are looking for i don't or... think so i think a lot of people that said no were either don't shoot any goat kind of people or they were just shit stirring me or they had no idea or just 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 not like i said it's hard to judge them like how do you tell if it's an old goat or not just by like a quick video and um maybe some people thought it was a nanny or who knows like it's tough to age and sex and whatever so um i'd be it would be interesting to hear from some of those people i would yeah and obviously it's to each their own. You make the decision of the That's time. That's exactly right. Maybe they've got higher standards than me. <laughs> Who knows? I'm stoked on it. I agree. Cool, I'm really man. stoked That's on it. That's something to be proud of. Yeah. That's, uh, That's a awesome. Cool, cool goat. Yeah. Um, uh, so tell me about you guys. And like when you've told me a bit about your hunt, um, tell, give us a bit of a rundown. Mostly, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty keen to hear, because last time you were in here, you were telling me that you always guys were renting lenses and there was some stuff coming. Yeah. Tell me what's going on with that. Yeah, so we... We, me and Taylor headed in for a week, uh, yeah, seven days, uh, bow hunt, planned on bringing the camera and trying to get a film, kind of just something small, short, like just for 
if anybody would be interested looking at it, but at the same time, kind of just for us to look back at. Yeah. Um, rented a, so I have a Sony uh, full frame camera with a 24 to 70 lens. It's pretty like very wide range of uses, like very good, like just middle of the range as far as focal Do a length. Lot kind yeah. Of thing, yeah. Good for close. Like you're not going to zoom in, but you can kind of capture everything off that one lens. That's why I got it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then just with based off of kind of what we were planning, we rented uh, Taylor grabbed up a uh, 70 to 200 as well, which I've only ever used my one lens and uh, putting that thing on was awesome. Like you just, you understand why different focal lengths and like, it's not just, Oh, get closer. Like they provide different images and yeah. just different points of view, which it was just fun playing around with that alone. Um, I have a little bit of footage. Like we did take photos. We did do video. Yeah, you guys have been dropping some photos um, and they're wicked. Did you take that one of Taylor with the tent? Yeah. Dude, yeah, that thing's stellar. Ah, it's not bad. It's a little blown out, but um, no, I like it. I think ah, it was really good. Thanks, man. Yeah, just it's been fun playing around with it and trying to edit and like. There's just you're you're constantly learning. So, and it just seems like endless. Like the photo stuff, I had some experience with photos and uh, and playing around with them back then. Lightroom wasn't a thing. Like mm-hmm. it was Photoshop. I took a course in university as like an elective, so it's just Photoshop. Um, now Lightroom's a thing, so I'm just trying to learn that and like learn the camera again. And it's been a blast playing around with it. Video is a whole nother world. Like <laughs> I'm not even looking at like it. it is it. a lot of. Uh, it's very tough to hunt and film for sure. Yeah. Uh, and then it's just like the editing process. So I have like a very small amount of clips of uh, one of the stocks Taylor went in on. Um, stopped in and uh the deer blew out but i have i threw a 7200 on a tripod and he was oh, about nice he was about 500 yards from the glassing knob so i had the 7200 on the tripod and then i went into crop sensor mode on my camera so wow. i zoomed in a little bit more so i got a pretty far away shots of taylor stalking and then i actually have the clip of the deer um picking its head up looking towards taylor's direction and then blowing out of there that's cool. And then I got, there's just like a lot of like little B-roll stuff and uh, there's some good stuff, but it's hard to, it's hard to kind of put it into a, I, I can make, I think and I'm trying to go put together like a one minute Instagram just story something or something that people yeah. can watch. Uh, but the editing thing is just like. Yeah. Like how much time you're going to put into geez, a one minute video. It, well, I'd love to get one done just to even like, just and, to do and it. it's a great way of learning, yeah. but uh learning how to use the programs and stuff but first of all video editing programs are expensive for ones that people (laughs) use and second of all like they're just it's a whole nother thing right like trying to i have decent computer i have the store like i bought a a hard drive and stuff i can do some of it uh but it's not at like a professional level far far from it so So there's slow stuff which i'm okay with i'll take the time for the importing and stuff (laughs) and the editing but I just, I'm using it as like a very good practice piece and trying to just figure out some stuff. Um, I think my main goal from filming it was one, learn the camera and stuff, like I said, but also I'd really like to, at the end of the hunting season, kind of do a compilation of everything. Oh, that's cool. Which I know Sean kind of put together a short little clip and I just absolutely loved it. And it's just like, 
you can put just some money shots of like kind of the whole season together, which yeah. I think that's kind of what my my goal was. Um, yeah, Sean's sizzle reel was unbelievable. Oh, I loved it. What happened to that thing? Yeah. We got to see that again. Yeah, it's good. But if yeah. if uh, I think the kind of back to what like the the hunt was really good, but uh, the content is not. Not as much as I would have hoped, or like we didn't, we didn't, we weren't, we didn't put a deer down. So like yeah. that would have been if there was a deer down, then yeah. something would probably be getting made. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, like I know people love just watching hunting films, but unfortunately, that's kind of like that's really the the ticket to the helps. the film. It so definitely helps. Um, but yeah, I'm, I've been happy with some of the images, and it's I think no matter what. Every time I've gone on a hunt, I was I'm always say like I wish I took more photos. Yeah. I wish I took more video. So it I'll uh, learn. But me and Taylor got another hunt planned or lined up here pretty quick. So hopefully we just like pump them out. Like if I'm not if I'm not like on the glass, I'm like using my camera like all day. It's so hard. It's very difficult to try. And I like, completely understand why Nick is like, I want to focus on filming and not hunting. He wouldn't be able to do it. It's tough. Man. I spoke to him about that some more. It's kind of in private, but whatever. He said, um, if you went, if he wanted, like, he thinks if he wants to go hunting, he's going to do it like solo, no camera. Yeah. And I'm like, that's probably how he has to do it because the guy, he won't be able to switch He'll off. He'll always be thinking about He'll it. He'll always be thinking about it. Yeah. And he should, he should just go and do it. And he's, it, that's if he wants to go hunting. Yeah. But I, yeah, I, man, like I, and I don't know about you. I've asked, I've like floated there with like the idea with Nick and stuff. But like not every photo turns out too. Oh man. Yeah. And, and that hurts. Well, and so for someone like me or you, who's just really like, doesn't have the time under our belt. Yes. You start looking through and you're like, oh, I, I got, I'm really excited about this. And then you end up looking at it and somehow it got messed up or yeah. it was out of focus, which for someone like me and you who doesn't have the experience, I think it can be pretty um, unmotivating. Like I get des definitely discouraged when I'm like looking at videos and I'm like, oh, this didn't turn out. Or like I filmed this in 1080p, 120 instead of 4k 24 so like i filmed it in slow-mo instead of real time oh right yeah i, was... I want to slow this down but it's in 4k 24 frames per second and it doesn't look good slowed down oh, yeah. where the other type the would have looked good what right. is like made for slow-mo but it doesn't look good normal speed so like there's a lot of stuff like that where uh the content's there but i wasn't thinking in the moment what i wanted the final product to be i was like this is a cool shot i'll film it in this and then i'll decide what i want to do with it later you can do that but like guys like nick like they're not doing that very often like they have a lot of very um specific and and yeah re a lot of reasons behind what they're doing and why they're doing it which is just something that's why I can't. I, I don't even know why you're trying to mix the video in. Like, I, well, it's I, mean, I know it's I know. fun. I guess. Well, and just me and Taylor were heading out, and, yeah. and Taylor wanted to get some video, and and I think it's definitely a challenge. Like, I think I'm by no means a this. I, I'm pretty hard critic on like my photos when I do take them. Yeah. But I think I can go out and capture. If I take a thousand photos, like a couple of them are going to look pretty good. That I'll be that I'll be happy with for sure. I don't know about the video, right? So, like, I was kind of <laughs> trying to challenge myself a bit. Yeah, okay, and, I get that. And I'll keep doing it. Um, another thing to be said about it is just not only is the editing difficult, but it's just 
10 times more time consuming. That's what I would imagine. Like I can go through a whole hunt set of photos in like a couple days and be pretty happy with the edits and like I'll go back and change them a little bit more and then I'll be happy with them and pick out which photos I like and which ones I don't. The video, you're like, first of all, you got to watch through it all. Second of all, then you got to make sure the audio is okay. Then you got to figure out what you filmed it in and how you're going to fit it into a timeline. (laughs) Then you got to try and color grade everything. It's just like, and have it all match up. Like if one of my photos is a little bit different than the other, at what I'm doing, no one's going to notice. Like I don't need some like perfect Instagram feed or something. I'm just trying to take photos I like. Uh, But a video, if you jump from... One scene to the next, and they're completely different colors. People are like, even if they don't like actually consider it, like they're definitely subconsciously notice it, and it it messes you up. It's like like I was saying with the full, like the real time and the slow mo. If you do them and vice versa, or you use the wrong settings, like you might not be like, oh, that looks weird, but your eyes are telling your brain like that looks freaking weird. Like what's going on? (laughs) Something's going. Yeah, so. I uh, I find myself I do the same as you all like hammer through all the photos and I think this is a mistake I'm doing then I'm hitting like then I'm exporting them all yeah and then I like go through my exported photos and I don't like any of them yeah and then I go back in and like edit them all again so I think I should like not export anything because like over like I've got photos I could show you my export file yeah. and I've got like photo 0001 but I've got five files of it and yeah. they're slightly different i just can't yeah. every time i look at it like i look at it i'm like that's really good no, export yeah. it the next day change it a little bit export. yeah yeah no that's there's two things i've really and i that's probably the two it's probably the two things i've been um well it's kind of one big thing but uh been youtubing and trying to research the most i can to get guys like guys that do this all the time and a lot of like it's a lot of people that are doing it professionally but it is really good to just hear how they do it is like workflow and how to use lightroom workflow and it's helped a lot because i would do the exact same thing you have all these images you bring them into your computer and you're looking through them all and then you're like well which ones do i edit do i don't want to spend time editing all these bad photos so you're like do i delete the ones i don't like do i whatever and like just looking up kind of how everyone seems to do it a little bit different but there's definitely some ways like i've i've really liked like i'll go through on lightroom all the photos and i'll say like basically i'll star them or i don't so i'll I'll kind of so first of all i go through all the photos super quick and i'm saying uh yes i can work with it or like no i can't so it's just first impression and at once i'm done that i'm saying like i'm not going back i don't necessarily delete the photo i still might have a saved copy of it somewhere but i'm not but like if your first impression of a photo you're probably going to be pretty good on like what you think you like yeah now you can go back and find some like cool blurry photo that like at first you thought sucked but now it's like some sort of abstract thing i'm sure it happens <laughs> yeah yeah but these guys like it just it cuts and then, down and then you can do like a filter and be like only look at starred images yeah okay. exactly nice. so you just i it's just the, and all these guys are doing it different but it just worked out really well um and cut a ton of time down mm-hmm. and then yeah i'm i'm horrendous at editing an image and then re-editing it and then editing it again and editing it again and i think one like just the more time you spend you get better at doing the editing so you know kind of like what you like mm-hmm. right now you see a slider you play around with it to see what it does and like see if it affects it or not half the time you slide it and you're like 
you don't even know if it did anything, yeah, what did that do? but it was exactly. doing something. What the fuck was that? And, uh, <laughs> yeah, so it's just, I think it's unfortunate you have a lot of stuff that you don't like or you do finick with. But I, for me, it's like that first one of sorting is great because I, I, lock that. I, I knock that. the stuff out that if I don't like, and it doesn't have to be like, oh, this is an unreal image. It's just like, if I can work with it, then yeah, that, like cuts, blood, then, that cuts my, yeah. that's cuts my photos down that I'm working with to like probably 30%. Yeah. And then at that point, if I, if it's a maybe photo, I can play around with it and see if like, maybe it's way too dark or overexposed. Maybe I can fix it and then I can play around with it. If I can't, okay, this one, it's not going to work. It's, it's good. It, there's lots of videos on it because guys that are doing it professionally, like, their workflow is like probably their most important thing because the more smash photos out. they smash out, the better. Um, I just watched Nick when he like, he'll jump on my computer to do something, download a photo or do something and just like watching him do these keystrokes and yeah. little shortcuts. The I'm, shortcuts like, I'm like, my yeah. computer doesn't do those. The next thing it's doing it. And I'm like, oh, well, all right. I yeah. guess it does. He must just watch me like some old fuddy-duddy. Like, right, Rrr. yeah. We're the old guys on the iPhone. Yeah, yeah. like no idea what's going on. Uh, no. <laughs> it's been it's been a blast. Like I'm really looking, I just, I'm looking forward to the next hunt because one, like I want to put a big old mule deer down but or see Taylor do it. But yeah. at the same time, like it's fun getting the camera out and going through the, like, at the end of the hunt, I love that the hunt we the hunt that me and Taylor on was great. Uh, we saw just to kind of I'll do a quick recap. Yeah. Like we saw bucks basically every day. Uh, we ran into fog issues uh, at the beginning of the hunt, which made visibility basically zero for us. Uh, it was a a real just shit kicker of a hike on the way in. Same thing on the way. Did out. you guys hike in together? Uh, no, because I ended up getting there. We've it was kind of, I was, I don't know, it was kind of weird. We hiked separate in and out. On the way out, <laughs> on the way out, I I'll thought. I'll hunt with you, but I won't hike with you. <laughs> <laughs> on the way out, I thought that little Wolverine Taylor was just going to smoke me on the way out. So I got a little bit of a head start. Um, and then we just both kind of got lost on the way down. So we uh, never crossed paths. Yeah. But uh, yeah, and then we saw bucks every day. A lot, a lot, a lot of um, spike, very, very small two points, um, which that area, everything was open for a bow. Um, just for me, I, I didn't know what my idea was going to be going in. I was going to say, like, if I see a deer and I'm excited, I'm going to go stalk it. Yeah. Those deer, I just wasn't like, they just weren't really like getting me going. After a few days of like not really seeing anything bigger, I was like, okay, well, it, it'd be nice to get a deer down. So like I did make a, I think I made a couple stocks on deer. Taylor made a few. Um, nothing super close on the deer. Um, Taylor, probably that one that I have on film was probably the closest. He actually ended up slipping a little bit. And as soon as he slipped and oh, hit, shit. he was probably about a hundred yards out. That Shoes deer. off? Yeah, 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 man, it's slippery, wet, like in those socks, I mm -hmm. slipped on my stocks too. Uh, it wasn't it wasn't pleasant in that steep stuff, but learning experience, it blew out a little bit, uh, didn't go like crazy, but it definitely was kind of like a turnaround moment. Yeah. Uh, the very last morning we had these, uh, we had no black bears for the first like four days and all of a sudden we were seeing multiple every day and uh, this big like just massive 
fat jiggling boar was just in the bottom of the valley just like teasing us for three the third morning so the last morning we were going to plan on hiking out that day <laughs> the more the night before is like if that thing's back down like close basically the bottom of the basin was about 400 yards from us okay from where we're glassing if that thing's there tomorrow morning i'm gonna go stalk it <laughs> i got up got to the glassing knob start looking taylor's uh still in his tent and i see a black bear I'm like, and it's as close as it can be. It's actually in the same, basically the same meadow that the buck was that Taylor blew on. So very close. We know kind of a path. I'm like, do I want to pack a bear out? It looks like just an absolute slob. I'm going after it. I said I was going to go after it. Like, we're doing it. Just looked like it's absolutely just a monster boar. Like, it, like, there's lots of bear opportunities in BC, but I was like, okay, it's, this is, I'm willing to pack this thing off. It's kind of like up, like kind of hypocrite to say, like, if it was a smaller, younger bear, I wasn't willing to, like, I didn't really want to pack it out of there, but if it was this big, yeah. massive, heavy thing, I, we were going to pack it out. It doesn't really make yeah, much I sense. That's fair. But, uh, this thing just looked like it ruled the mountain, like just thrashing, like running trees over and breaking <laughs> them down. Like the night before, uh, we were watching this nice chocolate, like smaller bear kind of feeding. And then all of a sudden just sprinted up the hill. And we're like, that's weird. And then all of a sudden we see this big black one coming out <laughs> the bottom. We're like, okay, this Taste thing just boss, owns yeah. this basin. Right. Uh, stocked in, I got into 55 yards, uh, clear as day. And I was like, it looked like just a square. Like you couldn't see definition of like legs or body or anything. It was just like, just black, heavy black square, like box. And I was like, (laughs) it just doesn't look like very big. And like, I've seen lots of bears up close. Like if you live in anywhere in the lower mainland, you see bears at like 10 yards in your truck all the time. Yeah. And I was like, that's just weird. And I was like, kind of, I was like, okay, I'm not going to shoot like 55 yards, super comfortable with that shot. And I was like, all right, like I'm going to pass. And then, cause I was kind of blocked by these, some deadfall. And, uh, then I decided like, you know what? I'm going to like, I'm here. I'm going to back out. I'm going to go down. I had to go downhill probably 50 yards through a little openings mm-hmm. and then come back up so that I could close the distance a bit more. It's like, I'm already here. I'm going to get some, like, maybe I can get some iPhone footage or whatever of up close this bear. Then I get up as a, so I get into 35 yards and now it looks even smaller. Like I was starting to think like maybe it was a sow with a cub. Oh. By the time I turned around, I was pretty confident that it was like, I could see a cub's ears just over the crest of the hill. And it's like kind of taller grass. So I thought I could just see the cub's ears and then that the, the sow would have been further, uh, just over the crest. I was like, these are just obviously different bears than what we saw yesterday. Like, um, I just saw a black bear in the same area that I saw the one the night before and said, let's go. I didn't even look. Right. Yeah. You just, I just go, Oh, there's the black bear again. Yeah. Yeah. So I watched it at 35 yards and, uh, as I was actually making that stock, I like, had to step over a bear den. Oh. And I was like, whoa, this is why this bear's here. Like the like the cubs are probably coming in and out of like this is probably where it had its cubs to this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I like back out slowly. At that point I'm kind of making sure like I was only in I was within 40 yards. I wanted to make I was like, I'm gonna back out, but I'm gonna make sure I'm like facing this thing because if it's a sow with a cub, I don't want to startle it. And just 
I'm not too concerned with black bears, but at the same time, I want to make sure it knows I'm here. I don't want to scare it. I want to just give it time. So I basically kind of cliff climbed like straight uphill just to stay above it versus like trying to like backtrack out, Mm -hmm. get back up to the hillside. And I tried to, me and Taylor were trying to stay in touch, but both of our inreaches and phones had kind of died out at that point. So we didn't have them on. It's like, oh, what, what was going on? It's like, oh, I just stalked into the bear at like 35 yards, but I think it has a cub with it. He's like, oh, really? He's like, I'm looking at a buck up the hill, like a, a two by three. I was like, oh. And I was like, so he went and stalked on the deer. I got back on glass and looked at the bear. It was a boar. It was a boar. It's definitely a boar. Uh, still looked like big and healthy from the glassing knob. I don't know if it was can't say 100% was the same bear I have phone scope footage like good footage of the bear from the night before and this bear as well it's hard to tell if they're the same bear um it just I think with the berries in the fall and then just fattening up I think they definitely have a different appearance in the fall like I think it was definitely a fat like chunky bear it just wasn't very it's maybe like a four or five foot bear I think right Taylor actually ran into a chocolate cinnamon bear on his way back from the stock on the deer that same day. He got into 40 yards on that bear, just kind of walked across it. Same sort of thing. He said it was very heavy bear, but it was very small, like very short. And I think so they're just it, small and it, fat. it makes sense. They're just trying to probably put on a ton of weight. And I, they have so much berries and feed up there that they probably can. So even a small young bear is just going to be this big fat thing. Huh. Um, Taylor's pretty convinced, and to be honest, I wouldn't I wouldn't argue the fact that we probably saw a different bear the day before. Right. Uh, that thing just trampled the mountain, like crushing, right. like swagger th- out its ass, like just walked like it owned the place, right? And yeah, maybe it was. I don't know. It's tough to say. Yeah, bears are like goats; they're just hard to hard to judge man and, and everyone... especially if you're saying like as you look at small bears you look for the proportion of the arms and yeah the, and if it's all fat and you don't see like the yeah. the short legs or yeah. everyone says it and and I, I i know for a fact that they were both boars after i i looked at them for probably both at least an hour to half half hour to an hour mm-hmm. like they're they're definitely boars but they just you can't judge the necessary size and i'm not a i haven't hunted um, there's guys that seen a lot more bears than me there's guys that have seen like the those big six even seven foot black bears that you can get uh so they they have more experience but yeah it was definitely a shocker but it's cool to get in 35 yards with the bow um yeah taylor had a stock a couple stocks i had a couple stocks we were into bucks every day second to last day on the very far side of the hill we saw a group of four deer three mature bucks uh one was still in velvet, a nice, like, probably at least four by four. One was a heavy old, like, biggest body of the group, yeah. heavy old two by two. And then the other one was a younger deer, but probably the biggest rack out of all three. Pretty far, probably about a kilometer away, just not really a huntable area, which really sucked. Like, we couldn't, we couldn't like get... huntable or? No, we just couldn't glass. Oh. They crest, basically where we were sitting, there was about... A quarter of the mountainside really open alpine but we couldn't see it because it was wrapped around so they came down in the morning and wrapped around that little hit and they they could have just been walking sitting in the wide open all day and we would we would have had to be hike backtrack 
and be about three kilometers away from where they were if we wanted to get eyes on that area. Then if we found them, we'd have to be trying to run back the 4K to try and it just, especially with so the bow. You, yeah, could you, was there an opportunity to be on that side of the mountain and hunt? Probably not. No, because Taylor hiked up to the very peak of the mountain. And he had like zero visibility of that side. You'd be still, you'd be kind of like walking through. Yeah, you'd, I wouldn't you'd, you'd, say you'd still it. hunting because it's open enough that you wouldn't need to. <laughs> if you had a rifle, like probably would have been worth last day side hilling uh-huh. across through the meadows and probably trying to bump him out of a timber patch. Like it was very open with these good like timber patches. Perfect what you'd think for a mule deer. She's like, right. If you walked through, you'd probably bump them out of there. But with the bow, it's just there was no chance. Yeah. Um, great spot. Would love to go back. I think we both were kind of taking a gun. We both had a, a, a just a terrible pack out. Like I kind of fell in some scree, similar to you said. Kind of listening to you describe your shoulder thing. I, I slipped down in the scree. Same thing Nick was saying, where you kind of like just shuffle down. In, yeah. You think that's fine, and then you, I was side hilling through some scree and your one foot gives out your other one gives out and you just can't stop yourself so no, i'm like scary sprawled. man i'm sprawled out trying to i probably slid like i don't know you slide 30 to yeah 50 you, yards yeah and there's slide. no stopping and and you've been up that way like there's no it's not like i was going to slide off this big cliff drop but i could have slid for 500 yards before yeah. i hit a tree no it's bloody um, horrible so got back up from that. Didn't really. I was. I didn't feel. I felt okay. I was like whatever. And then I ended up getting gashed up a little bit on my behind, and my <laughs> hand got a little beat up. But, um, yeah, it's a tough place to get into. You definitely need a few days. No, no, no weekend hunting up there. But it's pretty, pretty awesome place. That's cool. My my kind of hope is like one a rifle opens up a lot of area. Uh, the very first deer we saw was within 400 yards of sitting down on the knob. I threw my binos up before I put them on a tripod. It was a, it was a, a very small two-point, but it was bedded at the bottom of the basin, about 400 yards from where we were sitting. So, I mean, if you were, if if you were going up there yeah. for a buck, like, guarantee, like, that was, it was within 15 minutes of sitting down. It was bedded there for probably an hour, and then it moved uphill about 50 yards from there and sat there for the rest of the day. So like it was pretty cool, and it's just it was nice to see that much uh, game. Yeah, um, tiger-rich environment. My sounds things. Yeah, yeah, it was cool, but yeah. And then we were going somewhere with that, and then I just detoured into a short hunt no. recap. No, that was it. Sweet. <clears throat> I was asking you about um, asking you what what you're going to do with the content out of it, and yeah, yeah. It sounds pretty good. Um, I got something else to. Uh, this is like kind of kind of selfish to the listeners because I can't say anything but uh you're familiar with the podcast's favorite fan or best fan Pat oh yeah I know Pat yeah. Pat's a great guy yeah, you've probably met Pat yep all right so yep. I found out that Pat's dad Jack Grundle who has since passed was a wildlife painter oh wow yeah dude so like this little thing here that you're looking at I've, I've, I'm yet to read this all the way through. I was looking at that earlier. I was it's wondering a, what was going on. BC Federation of Fly Fishers. Yep. It's an article um, about Pat's dad and like all he painted all this stuff. Oh wow! But uh, anyway, I reached out to Pat. That is. And I got cool. to have to post this online so that people can actually see it. And I reached out and Pat's donated some artwork for the podcast studio. As long as I frame it and do it good, which obviously I'm going to, because you'll see this is pretty amazing stuff. 
<clears throat> but I, I think I'm going to have to get Pat on because just reading a little oh, bit man. about that. Like his dad <clears throat> sounds like he was a um, just a really cool dude, like a conservationist and so <clears throat> fly fisherman hunter. Ju- yeah, just for people, I'm, I'm somewhat fly fishing. Uh, well, I, I was a, I'm really into fly fishing and definitely more in the in the past in a lot of you may recognize the Jack Jack Grundle name as is, but basically on the opening to this paper I have in front of me, it's like a Gilly Fund update, which the Gilly is a pretty famous uh, writings. Right. And then Art Lindgren. Uh, and yeah, Art Lindgren is like one of the most famous BC fly fishing guys out there and that's it this is just like a quick like the very first skim of the front page so i'm sure there's yeah a lot of people i want to hear i want to hear more i'm sure there's tons of people that know um what's going on yeah i want to know that's cool i'm interested for sure what's the gilly fund explain that to me i as if you can i don't know exactly (laughs) what the gilly fund is but the gilly is a fly fishing book of like i'm pretty sure it's i haven't read it but i'm pretty sure it's of bc it's like one of the most if not the most famous um fly fishing books and then art lingren is uh one of the most famous like fly fishermen ever and i think he also has a lot of books about bc fly fishing and i i i I might be wrong but i believe a lot of it's directed towards steelhead fishing like you'll find like I'm pretty sure he writes like it's a lot of uh, fly fishing patterns, like really cool oh. old school patterns. And uh, I think a lot of his books will include like some old school, like really good steelhead rivers that unfortunately are are a Probably. lot different now. But right. like I'm pretty sure he writes about like the Coquihalla River, which is like at one point in time, like one of the best steelhead summer on steelhead fisheries in the world. People right. would travel yeah, the yeah, world yeah. to go there. He writes about that sort of stuff. That's cool. Yeah. So there's like some cool conservation history with Pat's dad here that I definitely want to hear about. Um, these are the two pictures that Pat donated to me. This sweet one of a lynx, which is like, man, that's awesome. So I, like these are going up in the podcast studio. And obviously. Are these paintings? These are drawings, prints of paintings. Oh wow. Yeah. And then a cow moose. Oh man. That Dude, right. Unreal. Yeah. I got to post these. When was funny. that moose? That was done in 83. It says. Yeah. 83. That is. And then that one's, I wish you guys well. could see this. They're both amazing. Oh, um, I'm going to post them. But the, I think- the lynx is a very like realistic, like just really cool. But the, the moose is, that just seems almost like, I don't know. It seems to me like ahead of time, you know, it's like a very today's standard of like a, like art, I would say, you know, yes. does that make sense? It's, yeah. it's realistic, but it's kind of almost like more of an illustrated realistic of the moose. Yeah. That's exactly it how I look awesome. at it too. That I'm is so stoked. cool. It was like super generous. So thanks, Pat. Um, yeah, that is amazing. Super stoked. I'll have to have to chat with Pat the next time I see him. About Dude, it. he's like the, some of the stuff his dad has done is unbelievable. Like um, everything, like everything, like these pictures are everywhere. Um, I'll be uh, using the old Google machine tonight for sure. Yeah, I'm stoked. So I'm probably gonna Pat's probably gonna have to come on and explain a little bit more. Mostly I want Pat to explain why he is a self-confessed adult onset hunter, but he calls himself an extra or he says he's done it even later. Oh. Like he's, like he's, a, he's a late adult onset hunter. Um, so like I, I just like think if he, you know, with a 
dad that was so ingrained in the out, the outdoors. I, I yeah. and I would think in just like BC kind of fly fishing and just outdoor heritage. Like like I said, I I personally don't know the name. I couldn't. I don't even know too much about like Art well, Lindgren and that know, stuff. Yeah. But I guarantee you, like people recognize that name that are big big fly fishing and just outdoors people. That that's really cool. Yeah, I think it's gonna be cool. Um, all right, we're gonna. I'm gonna get. I gotta get some housekeeping here that I've been putting off because man, it's hunting season. And it's like so busy, dude. We're I, I, September's over. You and I haven't even hunted together, and as without looking at a calendar, like it doesn't in the foreseeable future, we don't have a hunt plan together. So like something's yeah. wrong. The last time you had me on, we kind of talked about my hunting plans and I was like, Oh, I don't really have any plans. I'm just going to see how it goes. I'm never doing that again. No, you got to plan because if you don't plan, first of all, you run out of time really quick. And then second of all, you don't get to stuff you wanted to get to. Like no. I wanted to hunt over the counter sheep, at least one trip this year. Yeah. It's getting really close to closing. I wanted to hunt with like certain people. I wanted to get certain things done. It goes fast, man. And and I don't want to scare it. Like it's not, I shouldn't, I'm probably overemphasizing a lot because literally we're like a month into an almost four month season. So we do have time, but it's, it seems like it's, you always think it's that away. you always think you missed like yesterday <laughs> was the perfect day, right? Like today is too late. Yesterday, the deer were here sort yeah. of thing. So you run that through your head, but uh, it goes quick, man. And it goes so it's just quick. September because, like, you hang out for September. Yeah. You wait all year for September. And, I, yeah, I feel like sep- – I don't even know why. Like, the, the hunting's better in other months for certain things anyway. But September just feels like the month. Yeah. Definitely for – I like – I don't like to be cold. <laughs> I like to be, like, above tree line, glass and big country. That's totally September stuff. Yeah. You run into snow pretty quick, unfortunately. Yeah. And, I, like, I do not like to be cold. I'm going away this weekend. I'm taking the wood stove. I know nice. how it goes. I'm excited. Um, I've been threatening for like five podcasts now to send out some swag. Um, and I've got one, two, three, four, five, six Instagram handles to uh, call out. And I want these people to... So the, these people um, spent some time cleaning up the backcountry. And then uploaded pictures to Instagram, tagged behind the glass hunting. Um, keep it up. There we go. There you go, Nick. There you go, Nick. You got your uh, can open. Um, purple haze. Looks like a cool can. Dead frog. Dead frog. Local. All nice. Um, yeah, so like everyone, keep it up. Keep keep cleaning up the backcountry. Totally love it. Appreciate it. And uh, yeah, I'm sending out some swag. So um, Grant Justin. That's, these are Instagram handles, so just you, you guys are gonna have to reach out to me with uh, postage. Grant Justin, uh, smoking barrels and coffee, Western Gilly, Coastal Ghost Carpentry, BC Wild Outdoors, and I'm gonna say this wrong. Do you want to try and say that one? Last one, Josh. Josh Laughlin, three hundred. Josh Laughlin. Laughlin, three hundred. I, I think I nailed it. I would have said. Lachlan, but it is Lachlan, isn't it? All right, so Grant, Justin, Smoking Barrels Coffee, Western Gilly, Coastal Ghost Carp, Carpentry, BC Wild Outdoors, Josh Laughlin, 300. Hit me up. You guys have got hats and shirts or whatever coming your way. So send me a message on Instagram. It's nice stuff too, so that's that's pretty yeah. sweet. What do you, did I give you a shirt? Yeah, I got some. Nice. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, yeah, I'm wearing mine now. Um, I worked out if you... The company that got the shirts made for also does our work, yeah, work shirts. 
um, if you wash them and dry them inside out, it preserves them longer. The the the, the screen, screen print, print. yes, yeah. yeah, which I think is probably like a universal thing that everyone yeah. knows. Well, so similar, like uh, the work shirts that I've had printed for our company. Uh, I mean, you probably wash your work shirt like thirty times a month. Yeah, a lot. Where luckily those shirts, and then you start to notice that happens. If you actually use like a shirt that you probably only wash in like a few times a month, yeah, you don't probably have to worry Doesn't about it that much. But yeah, it makes it look vintage. Makes it look vintage. Yeah, that's yeah. right. It's retro at that point. Nothing else. Oh, it was uh, good catching up, and yeah, I'm super excited to see what happens for you this weekend. I'm jealous that I'm not going up, but I had to cancel uh, that dinner. No, because, well, I got a dinner plan and then me and Taylor are taking off. Uh, Taylor's got a real good setup. He's got almost two weeks off of kind of like freebie time. Yeah, he's between jobs. And he? I have uh, kind of penciled in October 1st to October 9th. So nine full days to get big old heavy. It could be a two point, but just I just want to. Something that gets it going. Old. Thick and heavy. That's what I'm looking for. And I think nine days between the two of us, we should... Uh, we should be able to turn that up. Hoping so. Yeah. But, and and maybe maybe we go in, we got a, an idea of, uh, we're going to try and head into a spot Taylor was in last year. Saw some good bucks uh, and, and, and got a buck out of there. Uh, but if if we can, we got enough time where if we do three or four days in one spot, maybe pull out and go three or four days in another spot. Yeah. And if you're uh, seeing some good stuff where you're going, well, I'll give you his feedback. It would uh, probably be worth maybe just running in there once it switches over. Cause I know of a real good, uh, that massive three by three. That's the <laughs> biggest deer I've ever seen in my life. And it was a three by three. Um, to put it in perspective, it looks like this deer was born as a baby. And then someone duct taped a refrigerator to its head and it's, it's animals had to grow around the base of a refrigerator. Yeah. It is the widest, just squarest three by three. And, and, uh, yeah, until you're going to be hunting four point season. So if you watch that thing for a couple nights, uh, let me, let me know. Maybe I'll go in if you're not already running in before me, but no, I'm not going to be able to pull <laughs> it off. I'm not going to, this is the problem with not planning the full hunting season. We're on opposite weekends. You and I, yeah, um, and you kind of scram not not scrambling like I'm going hunting, but I'm yeah. kind of like having to hit the family up with, oh, I'm going to go hunting this weekend. I'm yeah. going to go hunting this weekend. You know what I mean? It's yeah, it's lots go lots that goes on, and I, I don't have two kids at home, right? So I find it tough. I could only imagine. Uh, oh, it adds up with you, and but we'll we'll get we got a plan. We're going in November in the snow for big old something other than bucks because we're both going to be tagged well, I'm going to tag that this weekend but um, we'll figure something out and yeah. we'll use that nice stove tent and try that out but uh, yeah I'm stoked to try that this weekend yeah yeah it's going to be exciting alright dude thanks good stuff cheers yeah. oh but this was Devin on the podcast if anybody did <laughs> no, sorry <laughs> it'll be in the, in the description yeah. alright guys thanks a lot good night man